episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Fascinating thing, says Casey. Y'all. Don't you're gonna spread it to me. Also, did you did you know that that can transfer between animals and people? I literally had a cat like yawn while making eye contact with me one time and it made me yawn. I'm sorry. Anyway, welcome to the sixth episode. We're a little punchy, obviously. Um, yeah. So, um, so, so, Casey, what have you, what have you been up to since I last saw you? I don't even know. I don't know what I've been up to. <laughs> Get it together, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> My gosh. Okay. But I was researching. Oh, okay. You were researching during yeah. this past week. Okay, cool. Yes, I'm a nerd. I research that's, is what that's I do. That's fine. Okay, yeah. you do I was, you. I also have a bunch of little pamphlet thingies that I use <laughs> as guides. Okay. Like, you know, like how it looks like a brochure, but it's like yeah. a little field guide thingy. Okay. And I was looking at the tracks one, and yeah. I have to bring up something that you were both wrong and right about. Oh, it's like, oh my gosh, my brain is so dead. What's the cat? Oh my gosh, Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry. I'm always a rabbit trailer. So when I did 23 annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, you make up jokes as Rona, um, which if you don't know the show, people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But you call up audience members, our spellers, and then you make up stuff about them and the other spellers. Um, I used this one joke and I felt so unappreciated. Like there weren't enough scientific-ish people in the audience. Because I'd literally say, because you would like insert the person's name, so I'd be like, Mr. Smith is um, an aspiring scientist, and he has a cat named Schrodinger and a golden retriever named Pavlov. Mm-hmm. No laughs on that one. I was like, come on, guys, that's funny. Anyway, I had better ones that got better laughs. Casey's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> okay, continue. What am, I, what am I Schrodinger's cat about? That would be... Your rant on dog and cat paw prints. Um, how? And I think that I'm probably still right, but say what you have to say. All right, so you were talking about the M and the three lobes yep. for the cat. On the bottom, yep. But there are canines that do have three lobes. Okay, so what canines would those be? Because they're not dogs. <laughs> technically, what is? Well, I'm... Really? Is it now, technically it's a closely, dog? It's very closely related, and they can't interbreed. And some classifies as subspecies, but I digress. Yeah. Um, the wolf on its hind paw, it All has three lobes. All wolves or just certain wolves? Huh? All wolves? Well, gray wolves. Okay. Yeah. Which will basically encompass everything people refer to as a wolf. Okay. Because most of the subs. But not a main wolf, because they're not wolves. Nope. Continue on. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So their back feet have it? Yes, their back feet will have three lobes. That's weird. Why? Just I'm assuming that. he doesn't say. That's weird. Nope. I just They're found half out. cat. Yeah. Okay. And, coy- <laughs> and coyotes also have three lobes on both their front and back paw prints. Really? Yes. So I delved into... Are you sure about that one? Yes. I have it on my guide, and I've also looked up pictures. I feel sketchy about the coyote one. Right. But yeah. okay. Yeah. And so I looked at, like, I five different <laughs> track guide identification websites. Now, it is true that the M is a marker for felines. It's a very specific in how it is, and that's because it has, it literally looks like an M an because M. of how the lobe comes down, or 
because it extends at, down more. On so the edges. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas a dog, it's all... All even. Yeah. Okay. And so, technically, there are some canines that will have the three lobes. But I'm still right because, because my rant was about sporting yes. events and tigers yep. and stuff have um, three because they're cats. Yes. So, I'm still mostly right. Yes. But if you... Some other differences I just want to bring up because I am more thorough. Yeah. <laughs> and I spent too much time reading about this. I'm just not. curious how you got onto this. Were you trying to see I was, if I was right or you were just doing something random No, I was else? literally just looking through one of my field guides and I looked at oh. the dog and coyotes. It's like, it has three lobes. That's so weird. I still <laughs> yes. feel like no dogs actually have three lobes. I've never seen a dog, a domestic dog. Yeah. Domestic dogs are weird. They that's are. really rude. <laughs> and that's what I'm referring to, so. Yeah. So, one of the main differences is that majority of the time you will see claw prints in a canine's paw print. Yes. Or a cheetah. Yeah. And, yes. And with cats, you will basically never see it. Right. Only time you will maybe is if they're pouncing on prey. Right. Um, also, the shape of the overall print is different. Cats, it's like a circle. Yeah. Whereas canines, it's more oblong. Yeah. Yeah. And with the cats, they have a leading toe, kind of like our middle finger is oh, the yeah, leading yeah. digit. That's fun. Yes. You know, we're just going to have to go get paw prints and post a bunch of pictures of paw prints, I guess. Yes. We should have done that even when I talked about the cat and yeah. dog. I and didn't I know why I didn't. also looked at, like, bobcat and lynx. It's, I believe it's on the bobcat that M's barely noticeable. Really? Yes. Probably and then so much on the links, fur. it looks almost completely circular. Well, they have so much fur and everything. Yeah. They have such big feet for yeah. those guys. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of, yeah, okay. Anyway, all right, well, what I ranted about is still right, so <laughs> whatever. Mm -hmm. um, also, the wolf doesn't count because those kinds of things never, the back feet are never what they're using. Like, they always use the front foot. Like, you're going to get, like, smacked by whatever thing mascots attacking you not kicked in the face <laughs> and if you got kicked then it'd probably be the top toes not okay, the now I'm imagining like a ninja cat coming <laughs> yes in <and> I have <laughs> got to share that one video of the cats that I call like West Side Story cats but um it's pretty amazing I'm gonna have to find that um okay well <laughs> whatever so um yeah how have you been what have you been up to so I decided I should probably look at some more documentaries. I felt like, okay, maybe I can handle this again. Um, wrong choice. <laughs> so I'm sticking to the Disney Plus, the Disney Nature documentaries. And, you know, it was day, and I, I just wanted to, like, watch one thing in between doing laundry and all that other, you know, fun stuff you do all the time. And I was like, oh, okay, what do I want to watch? What's hopefully – because, of course, there is no website or anything that tells you if they're safe or not safe or mostly safe. Mm -hmm. Also, I guess I should specify that in case someone's listening to this podcast first, um, I did a whole rant, I think, on our first episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Probably the first. Yeah. Um, it was either the first or second if it wasn't the first. Um about how nature documentaries should have a rating system so that you know what you're getting into before you watch it in case you're just trying to relax and you don't want to be sad when generally the baby animal that you're following dies, but if any of the main animals you're following in the kind of story die. And um, so my rating is basically if the baby or multiple animals that you're following die, especially if they die in unpleasant ways, um, that makes it not safe. It's mostly safe if, if like, 
an animal dies in the main story, but it makes sense. Or it's more, I mean, I guess it's all natural technically, but it's like old age or, you know, whatever. Um, And not an injury or being eaten. Um, That's mostly safe. Or if animals that you're not directly following kind of die. And then safe is all the animals in the main story die. They all die. They all die. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's safe. I'm evil. It's safe if all the main animals you um, are watching um, survive. So I have two more to add to the list and then I will refresh and remind everyone what those videos are videos those films are so that you can watch that with your family without being sad so anyway so I only had a little bit of time I was like oh I'm just gonna watch one you know it's cool so I'm like looking through the ones that are left and there's probably like four or five left I haven't watched yet I'm like okay and and there's one born in China and it has a panda it's like it's little thumbnail type thing so I'm like okay pandas probably aren't too bad right like I feel like they don't really have a lot of predators maybe when they're little you know cubs Mm -hmm. but not like adult pandas I'm like all right that should be pretty chill no (laughs) incorrect so first of all the way they filmed born or I guess I should say the way they edited and the way they did the storytelling for born in China is different than the other ways which was kind of interesting and for the most part in the beginning I was like okay the criteria is making this not safe but the way they're doing it is a little bit better and it, it doesn't make you feel as sad. Um, so in Born in China, they actually follow multiple families. So it's not just the pandas. They follow pandas, they follow, follow, follow golden monkeys, um, snow leopards, and a couple other um, species. But anyway, so, so, uh, anyway, so <laughs> they'll have versions where like they go hunting and spoiler alert, so like with the, the snow leopard, for example, um, she goes to hunt, you know, to get food for her cubs, and there's these goats, I think they're goats, it's a special kind of goat that are really fast and agile, because snow leopards, of course, are up on the rocks and the mountains and all that, and these goats are really fast and good at that too. And the way they show it is, it, it they don't show her taking it down, but they show her kind of carrying something off, and it looks like it's probably one of the baby goats, and then they have another goat, like close up, and the goat's looking like shocked. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was that baby goat's mom. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that was kind of weird. And but the way they tell it, yeah, you're for the most part, I'm like, okay, but it's it's sad, but it's it's mostly safe, and it's kind of the way they tell it. Until you get <laughs> toward the end. Ugh! Not fucking safe. I cried. I cried. And then they like did their storytelling thing with it, but I was still crying. And they're like, oh, but there's hope because this one thing I'm like, there's no hope. How are they gonna eat now? And I'm just like, oh my god, it's so sad. And it was just so awful. And it was awful. And also part of it's a little graphic for some of it and I was like oh god and it's just and with nature documentaries it's always rough because like when a predator's hunting the prey it's like you want the prey to get away so they're okay but then you also know that the predator needs to eat or they're gonna die so it's just I had an experience a few nights ago really? <laughs> yes and it's like have I gotten soft? <laughs> what's going on? oh cause you want the prey to get away? yeah it's like yeah. I'm not normally like this I'm all predator no I'm like a let Whatever, nature be. but nature happened, yeah. Be, but it's like the oh my god, it's like I oh no, it. it's so sad. Those are so sad. But it's like it's like I've seen polar bears hunt seals plenty of times before, but it was because of global warming and stuff. Yeah, the ice is flat. Yeah, there's no den for the seal pup that Aww. it would normally be in, so it's literally just laying on the ice. It's Aww. like, hey, go to the hole. 
Oh no. It's like I'm not normally like this either. It's like what the heck? Sad. It's so sad. Mm. But yeah, I was absolutely crying. Mm. And and then just to rub salt in the wound. So you know when a movie finishes mm-hmm. and then it'll be like, oh, it's based on this. Like, watch this one next. So I've just watched this not safe, born in China. And what do they advertise next? None other but African cats. <laughs> Which, if you listen to the first podcast, was my initial rant of not <laughs> safe. It's so bad. I almost... I don't know which one I would say is worse. I, African cats might be a little bit worse, but it, it that would be torment to someone who just watched Born in China and now you're crying and you're like, okay, it's gonna be better. I'm gonna watch all the lions and the cheetahs. It's gonna, oh my god! <laughs> like it's just, why would you follow that up with that? I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. Can we so get a spoiler then, alert on who dies? Uh, in Born in China? No, I'm not going to tell you. You have to watch it. I'm just telling you it's not safe. Uh, and I'm going to tell you it's not safe in many ways. I'm talking babies. I'm talking I'm talking other main characters. And it's really sad the way it happened. And, and the way they filmed it was very storytelling. So it was just, I feel like it made you feel a little more. Anyway, it was, ugh, it was rough. So then I'm sitting there crying. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. I have to watch another one because that's so awful and I need to like get my spirits back up and I'm like, I don't know who to watch because again, there's no, I should have just watched like bears again. Um, there's no guides. I'm like, I don't know. So I'm looking at the options. It's like on the wings of life and it's like butterflies and birds. I'm like, those are going to die. <laughs> like Something's going to happen there. And then there's like, um, I forget what it's called, but it's a flamingos. It's about flamingos. I'm like, I feel like one's going to break its leg or die or something. Something's going to happen, right? So then there's like monkey kingdom. I'm like, okay. Okay, they're like, they're, um, oh god, I think they're macaques. Um, so, <laughs> what was that about? It looked like it was unbalanced. I think my, don't mind us if we have noise right now, everyone. I have to fix my janky COVID thing. It got like funky and off the, that's probably why it was hanging off the table. What was I gonna say? Anyway, so yeah, so I think they're macaques. And, um, oh my gosh. Anyway, so I was like, so not super violent monkeys, as far as I know, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try Monkey Kingdom, and please don't be sad. So Monkey Kingdom, <laughs> luckily not not safe. That was a double negative. Mm-hmm. So, it, but it's not safe. It's mostly safe. Um, so it, it is mostly safe because there are deaths, mm-hmm. but they're not the immediate main characters you're following. But they are family members of the immediate monkeys you're following. Also, macaques' hairstyle is crazy. What kind of macaque? I don't know. They're, um... Do you know where it was filmed? Somewhere in Asia. Because there's, like, Reese's macaques, there's the Japanese macaques that soak in hot tubs. I don't think it's those. (laughs) Okay. They, um, they're in some sort of ruins. So there's, like... Oh, I think it's Reese's. Yeah, because they're, they're literally in ruins, and then they... I literally learned this in my anthropology class. I can't remember which one it is now. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, so that one is... Also, they're kind of... Uh, just the way things are in the world right now, it kind of... A lot of their societal structure is kind of like ours a little bit in some ways, and I'm like, this is BS. Take them out, <laughs> lower-level monkeys. <laughs> um, rise up. So, um, anyway, yeah, so that one was mostly safe. So I felt a little bit better, 
but it was still rough, man. So I so to reiterate the, the safe ones, we're gonna go over these. So I guess we should go from the not safe to the safes. Not <coughs> safes, African cats, and born in China. Nope. Just stay away from those. I wonder if you watch, I guess it didn't happen, but I wonder if you watch African Cats if Then Born in China pops up, because that would just be mean. <laughs> okay. You should I watch it again and see. No. <laughs> no way. Um, at least now I know what would happen. I was like, oh, my God. Um, so those two are not safe. And then, oh, I should have written this down, because I have to try to do it from memory. But um, Monkey Kingdom, no, Bears was safe. Monkey Kingdom, oh, Penguins. Shoot, another one was mostly safe. Elephants? Yes. Okay. Elephant, thank you. I think it's just called elephant. Uh, was mostly safe. I think I had five the first time, right? So, okay. I might be messing this up. I'm sorry, everyone. And then safe. I feel like there's one more mostly safe, but I don't remember it. Um, and then safe. That has not changed. <laughs> Bears and, um, oh my gosh. There was two. Oh, and Dolphin Reef. Ah. Bears and Dolphin Reef. Those are the safe ones. And then, um, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I'll try to. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna post it. <laughs> I'm gonna post it on uh, on Twitter and Instagram because I, my brain is crazy. But yes. Yeah, so anyway, though, born in China and African cat. Stay away. Stay away. Eventually, I'm gonna get through all the Disney nature ones, and then I'll probably move on to the um, Nat Geo ones because they are also on the Disney Plus. But I started watching one. I was like, oh, I'll try Nat Geo, and it was like the u.s national parks i'm like oh this will be really cool but i didn't like the narrator and i was just like out of it immediately i'm like no all nature documentaries just need to be narrated by david attenborough i don't i've probably heard him planet earth i haven't watched all planet earth because that one's another one where bad things happen and it makes me sad how dare you? I'm just an empath. I care about all of them. I don't want them all to die. Mostly I care, especially if, like, if you, you've got a kill to eat, that makes sense. But, like, kill quickly and efficiently. Don't play with your food. That's why I hate orcas. I love orcas. I don't hate them, but I don't like orcas because they're absolute, they're absolute dicks when it comes to getting their food. It's teaching their young when they do that. Uh, flipping a little baby seal off your tail and just torturing the poor thing is not teaching your young anything. It's a, teaching them to immobilize it. You could just bite it. But then it can bite you back and hurt you. Well, it's tiny. You can, like, bite that thing in half. It's not going to bite you back then. Ugh, it's horrible. Anyway, that's stressful. So, yeah, so that's that's what I did. It was, um, it was rough. Anyway, um, so, yeah, and then also <laughs> later on, yeah, it just got almost worse. And then I realized, so this episode is is airing, of course, on 9-11. And um, I was an actual human <laughs> during 9-11. You were probably like an infant. <laughs> I was. I was in high school. So you were probably like in elementary six. school. Yeah. So you had no clue what was going on. Also, super creepy, I found out about 9-11. When I found out about it, I was in room 9-11. Real creepy. Um, luckily, I did not watch it live as many of my classmates did. I'd probably be more traumatized than I was from it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, but because it is 9-11 um, and we talk about some specific dogs sometimes, I want to focus on the, the hero pups of 9-11. So I was reading, I haven't read it like page to page, or no, cover to cover, 
<laughs> wow. Um, but I did skim most of it. And so there were a ton of dogs that, um, well, unfortunately, they mostly came in, especially the first waves of them came in looking for survivors. Most of them are what they call live find dogs. <clears throat> Same kind of thing where dogs go like looking for people in avalanches and other natural disasters. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then later on, they brought in the cadaver dogs to find remains of people so they can give their families closure. Unfortunately, I don't believe, um, again, I didn't read cover to cover, but from what I gathered of everything I did look at, unfortunately, at all of the sites, they did not find any survivors, especially Ground Zero, just because of the intensity and the jet fuel and all of yeah. that. There really weren't going to be any just because of the fire and the heat and all of that versus mm-hmm. you can get trapped in like little pockets and be safe. But so these dogs come in from all over the world. And some of them actually got called in immediately, but because they grounded air traffic, they couldn't actually get there until almost a week later to start searching. But these dogs and their handlers worked 12-hour shifts, and they would go, so like the firefighters and other first responders would clear an area and be like, okay, send the dog in. Or they thought there might be people in an area, so they'd be like, go check this area. And the dogs will climb up on all the wreckage and stuff and are just really agile and get through and everything. Um, and then occasionally they would find like if the if not all the firefighters or rescuers had cleared an area after whoever was in charge told them to clear the area, then the dog would find them and get all excited because they're like, "I found someone alive!" Woohoo! And of course, that's horrible though because then the people who are looking for their fallen brethren yeah. are like, "Oh my gosh, you found someone!" And it's just like Johnny or whatever, <laughs> you know, who just didn't clear early enough. But another really sad thing. So anyway, so I'm reading this and I just <laughs> cry again because it's just so sad. Because also, first of all, it's really sad because there were no survivors and that was awful. Um, and then the dogs get really disheartened and not necessarily because they're sad because they're not finding living people, but the way mm-hmm. they're trained, they get rewarded when they find what they're supposed to find. So when mm-hmm. they find a person, obviously these dogs are really friendly and they're probably like, yeah, a person. But they get their toy or they get their rewards or treats, whatever and they weren't finding anything. So a lot of the dogs are getting kind of disheartened. So they would actually start hiding people, other trainers or like other firefighters kind of in the wreckage like lightly. So Mm -hmm. a dog could find them just occasionally just to kind of keep their spirits up. It's so sad. Um, But a good thing is the dogs also, all the search and rescue type dogs, and there were multiple organizations to send them out. And um, I was gonna name the dogs, but there's a ton. And I'm sure the book doesn't even cover all of them. But, they actually turned into, even the search and rescue types, a lot of times they would just sleep or nap. Um, I think they were busted mostly. But they would sleep or nap, you know, near the site, obviously off to the side a bit. And they actually all turned into therapy dogs because, like, firefighters and police and everybody would walk by and they would just, you know, like, hug the dog and it would just kind of take their mind off it for a second. They'd talk about their dogs and... Some of them, they said, would just, like, hug the dog and just, like, cry into the dog's fur. And the dogs just, like, sat there and loved them. And then some of the dogs would go over and just, like, find a firefighter or somebody sitting there and just go and, like, put their head on their lap, just on their own. And then the hand, they'd be like, oh, come back. Um, There are so many dogs, so I don't know which one it was, but, um, you know, like, Dusty. (laughs) That was one of them. Um, And the firefighter would be like, oh, no, no, leave them. So I'm just like, oh, gosh, it's so... It's so sad and touching. But these dogs, so they're therapy dogs. And at the end, they brought in actual trained, like, four therapy dogs. But, yeah, so these dogs worked out as search and rescue and then also, well, in this case, recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also um, 
therapy dogs, which is great. But then, and of course, this happened in 2001, so none of these dogs are still around. Um, mm -hmm. And they were mostly like labs and uh, German shepherds, Belgian Malinois, um, dogs like that. Most of your typical type working dogs. Um, but yeah, and then like even the rescuers would start to know the dogs by name. Like, oh, we want that dog over here. And they were just surprised how nimbly the dogs were able to navigate everything. And um, the firefighters were even like, oh, do you need us to carry your dog? And one, they had to go down below and climbed on a ladder. He's like, oh, do you want one of my men to carry your dog? And he's like, no, it's okay. And they just like put the ladder at a little bit of an angle and the dog climbed down itself. And they were just oh. like, how does your dog do this? And so I guess it's really good. Um, yeah, because some of these dogs are trained to do like water stuff. And it's crazy because some of them come from like out, you know, in the country, like um, – I'm blanking on stuff, but like real wilderness type saves. So, um, so that was amazing. And then another thing I didn't know was that they actually had, they had a lot of volunteers, as often happens in a crisis. People came in and volunteered. Um, they had chiropractors for the people and the dogs. And they would massage the dogs. There were masseuses for the dogs. And then they always had vets there too. And, um, and they would take the dogs after each shift, which again was 12 hours, so crazy. And they would decontaminate them and completely wash them and flush out their eyes and everything. And it was great. And then one story, too, was I guess the dog had just been decontaminated, but then all the people were still covered in soot. And they were walking through some sort of mess. And I think one of the firefighters or somebody who was with them volunteered to carry the dog so at least the dog wouldn't get dirty again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. But anyway, so yes, the dogs were total little hero dogs and helped out in so many ways. Um, and yeah, so just remember the dogs that really helped people out on a really horrible, horrible time. So yeah, um, the most recent one I saw that had put, um, uh, you know, when they passed away was in 2010. Because again, this happened in 2001 and they were all at least, you know, a year, however. And a lot of them were rescue dogs, actually. Huh. And some of them were dogs, I forget which nice. one. But they thought it would never get adopted because it was too, like, crazy and all over uh, the place. Yeah. And they were able to train it and get it focused, and it was really good. So, anyway, so, yeah, 9-11 dogs. Since it's 9-11, we figured we'd talk about them. So, dogs are the best. Yep. Casey's a cat person, but dogs are the best. I still like dogs. Just cats, cats are better. Too. They are. But they just don't go find you. I mean, could you imagine if you're buried, like, in an avalanche? I'd be so happy if a dog's face is what pulled me out. Like, you see a dog, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> heaven. And then a person comes and pulls you out the rest of the way, but I'd just be like, yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that is, uh, that's a little bit about the dogs. If you want to read that book specifically, it's called The Dog Heroes of September 11th, but you can just go online and, and look up some stuff about them. So yeah, doggy heroes. All right. Yeah. So it's uh it's Casey's turn for our favorite whatever it's gonna be this week. And we went a little off last week, so let's see what he has planned for this week. Yes. So I decided to go a bit off as well. And for this week we are going to be doing the weirdest animals we've seen in captivity. Okay. So mine is I, first of all, I should preface this by saying I'm sure there's something weirder, but my brain just could not think of it. Because um, I feel like ocean things are very strange. Yeah. But um, I'm going with, I think it's called a Mara. It's the weird rodent-y thing that kind of looks like a tall rabbit, but not really. 
Um, and I think that's the weirdest looking thing because it just doesn't look like anything else to me. It looks like other rodents. Does it? To me, it does. Okay, well, to a normal person, a muggle when it comes to animal study. <laughs> um, it, it does not. So, I don't know much about them. Do you know? Do you know about the Mara? Yes. So, they get, yeah, they're relatively large rodent, get about two to three feet long. Averaging about 18 pounds. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty good size. Yeah. Still outweighed by a capybara. Yes, of course. And they're native to central and southern Argentina. They're, prim- they're herbivores and primarily eat grass. And there's not much known about really how long they can live out in the wild. But in captivity, they can live to be about 14. Okay. I'm having problems with my hat. <laughs> feel weird. Why are you even messing with your hat right now? I don't know. I was sweating, so I needed my hair to <laughs> okay. air out. <laughs> Just take the hat off then. I'm the only one who can see you. Yeah, but my hair is a mess. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> don't ask for it to be logical. Okay. There. Continue. Sorry. So, for mine, I did, I'm positive there. I've seen things weirder, but I have an awful memory. Okay. Um, <laughs> So what I pro- could remember is the horseshoe crab. Okay. Yeah. And to me, I remember the first time I ever saw one was at, like, the Legoland has, like, their little aquarium outside. The Legoland here? I've never been to this, like, I've never been to Legoland, period. I've only been there, like, once, but okay. I remember there's an aquarium you can go to that's just outside of it. Mm. And that's where I first ever saw the... Horseshoe crabs, crabs, and I've seen them at a few aquariums. And I remember as a kid, it's like, that's watching that on TV, and it's like, that's so weird. I'm <laughs> probably never going to see that. And, and you did. it's like, oh my gosh, it's now. <laughs> yeah. And so they're kind of, they're pretty cool. They, I, because horseshoe crabs, shaped like horseshoe, they have that U shaped head. Oh, oh, that is weird. Yeah. I kind of think of them as like a weirdly shaped plate that's upside down. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what okay. it kind of resembles, but not really. Well, that's right. I have to find pictures yeah. of all of these things. Cool. Well, yeah. I'll be when I find a picture, yeah. I'm like, whoa. And weird when they look down because they have all their ten legs squirming. <laughs> that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, and they're not actually crabs. Oh, what? Another why? Like the main wolf? Yeah, they're more closely related to spiders. Ugh. Aquatic spiders. What? Why do you go, uh? Because it's weird. It's cool. That's weird. Yeah. Well, So spider- it's like snakes and water. I don't want spiders and water either. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know there are water spiders. I don't want to hear about it. And they walk on water. Well, that's cool, though. <laughs> They're Jesus spiders. <laughs> that's what I would have yeah. named them. So, they're, like I said, their closest relatives are spiders, and they belong in this group of animals called chelicerates. Okay. Uh, Yeah, there are these animals that have what's called chelicera, which is their feeding mouth parts. They're basically like mouth parts that are shaped like claws. That's really weird. Yeah. I understand why you think this is a weird-looking thing now. It sounds weird. They're cool. I'm not saying they're, like, gross. I'm just saying it's weird. Okay. Slimy is new fluffy. No. Yes. That will never be the new fluffy. It's true. It will not be. Oh, yes. To Casey. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and um, they have blue blood, and 
Just a minor eyebrow raise on you. I, it's just, they're so odd. Okay. Yeah. There's a bunch of different kinds of blood, but I'm not going into that now because I'm not all that familiar with the different types of blood. Okay. But um, they actually have a very strong immune response. To? Really anything. Okay. But especially bacteria. Okay. And actually, scientists will harvest, go out and collect horseshoe crabs when they come up onto the beach and then harvest their blood because what they do is they'll extract it and they use the that immune response to test whether or not medical equipment is sterilized properly. <gasps> the poor little... Do they live to do that? They just do like a blood draw? There's some that die from it. Oh, so yeah. they're trying to develop a way to synthesize it. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That would be best because that sucks for poor little crab. Yeah. But well, not crab. <laughs> just so you know now, you've probably been helped by horseshoe crab. Wow, thanks horseshoe crabs that aren't actually crabs <laughs> and are more closely related to a spider, which is slightly yeah. terrifying because you're underwater and I don't like that. They're also one of the most ancient animals. Really? They're older than sharks. Wow. Yeah. They've actually, the fossil record has them going back as far as 300 million years. Wow. Yeah. So they're older. Because remember when we were talking about the tapir, um, mm -hmm. they're primitive whatever it was mm -hmm. that you said so yeah. do they go back really far or is that just that they just haven't changed well they probably go back pretty far okay like they said their closest relatives are spiders and they're in a different i think even order technically so okay. they're probably pretty well removed from any other living organism okay that's crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. Fun times of ancient animals. Woo-hoo! All right. Well, um, speaking of weird animals, mm -hmm. this um, our awe this week is also kind of weird in its own little way. Yes, weird and cool. I think so, yeah. They kind of look cool, too. Everything is, looks to me. That's terrible. I swear I don't just judge things At least it's that. not cute this time. It's not cute. <laughs> they're cool looking. And, I think they're cute. Okay. Our animal of the week is... The Gila Monster. Yay! And what I know about them is they're one of the only venomous species of lizard. I yes. almost said snake, because I'm crazy. But tell us about them, Casey. I have a funny story I have to say real quick. Okay. Um, I remember one time I was at the zoo with my friends. And just to more... Up front, I had a margarita, like a quarter margarita. of a margarita. Yeah. A quarter of a margarita? Honestly, it's probably less than that. Like Wow. Because, like, I remember we were walking down the way, and my, one of my favorite animals to see there is the king cobra. Yeah. Because that's, like, my favorite venomous snake species. Okay. And I, me being kind of buzzed, I remember yeah. walking down there and seeing it. It's like, guys, this is my favorite venomous lizard. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my. You're like, and try again. And my friend was like, Casey, say that again. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Did you say the same thing, or did you correct yourself? No, I, I was like, I know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, margarita is always good for just odd times. Yeah. So anyway, back to the hill monster. Yes. <laughs> they come from the order Squamata. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. Yes, that's basically just lizards and snakes. Okay. Yeah. And they come from the family Helodermatite. They're... Um, only one species, the genus is Heloderma, 
the full species name is Heloderma. It's easy, and I still mess it up. Heloderma suspectum. Suspectum? Yes. Uh, sure, suspectum. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and these guys are also at the San Diego Zoo. Yes, they are. I love seeing them. They're cool. So these guys are native to the southwestern United States, mostly in the Mojave, Sonoran, and Chihuahua <laughs> Yes. I never knew that was the name of actual desert. Are you serious? I've never heard of it. That's why you're supposed to know a Chihuahua is a Mexican dog. Like, there's things on there named Chihuahua. <laughs> Anyways, they're also <laughs> in northwestern Mexico. And the reason they get the name Gila Monster is because when they were first discovered... It was in Arizona's Gila River Basin. Oh, okay. So that's how they got their name. How they named the monster? Just because someone got bit by one and was like, it's a I monster! I'm a lot dying! Of are, a lot of lizards are named monster. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. So, they're pretty long-lived species. In the wild, they can get up to 20 years. Nice. And then in captivity, taking the 30 years is the average. Okay. The oldest on record, though, was 36 years old. Nice. Yeah. And they are actually the largest lizard in the United States. Really? Yep. They get to be about 21 and a half inches long and weigh between 1.5 to 3 pounds. I guess we don't have very big lizards in the U.S. I know. I was like, is that correct? Yeah, that's and crazy. I, I should, actually, I think it's a whole, whole North America. Wow. I And I was like, I was even thinking, I was like, is it really the biggest in the United States? It's That's like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they are carnivorous. Mm -hmm. They, um, one thing they'll do is they'll invade bird nests and yeah. the horror in your eyes already. I know. And it's they will bad. feed on the eggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if they're small enough birds, they will eat the birds. Oh, the little babies. Yeah. They will also eat small mammals, lizards, frogs, insects. They'll also eat carrion, which is basically dead stuff. Okay. Well, that's not yeah. so bad. Mm -hmm. But what's really cool is just how much they can eat. Because they <laughs> can gorge themselves. They, in one sitting, they can eat a third their body weight. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. So... And what's cool about these guys is, like snakes, they have a forked tongue, so you can stick it out and... So do not all lizards have forked tongues? No. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Most lizards don't, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so they can detect senses. It goes up to the Jacobson's organ, and they can detect where it's coming from. That's cool. Yep. And like Allie said, it's one of the only few venomous species out there. A venomous a lizard species. <laughs> yep. And I found something really cool about their venom. Okay. So there's a protein. Well, it's technically the saliva, actually. Okay. But there's a protein in its saliva, which is essentially the venom, because um, it comes out of the grooves in its teeth. Um, and it's been used to make a medicine called exenatide, which was approved by the FDA in 2005. And it's a drug that is used to treat type 2 diabetes. Really? Yes. And it's a really good one because it does like other drugs do and helps control blood sugar levels. But unlike typical um, drugs, it doesn't cause weight gain. Wow. And it will help protect cells that release insulin. 
I'm always fascinated how they discover these things. Yeah. Like someone got bit by a Gila monster. It's like, it cured my type 2 diabetes. <laughs> no, that's how it works. Because don't these, aren't they really venomous? Like, don't you basically die if oh, you no, get bit? Oh, no, they're not. Uh, well, their venom is about as potent as a Western Diamondback. Okay. So you could theoretically die, but you're not a guaranteed death for sure. It's very unlikely. Okay. You're honestly going to get more damage from the lizard biting you. Because when they bite, they don't let go. Oh. They <laughs> You're like, let go. down on you. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. And th- that's another thing is they don't inject their venom. Okay. Because there's um, some teeth in their lower jaw that have grooves in them that goes down to the gland that actually produces the venom. Mm-hmm. And they have to chew in order to mm, deliver the okay. venom. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, it's... Also, the wow, snake venom is not that horrible. Um, but there is no anti-venom for healing monsters. But when you do get bitten, it's such a small amount of venom that you get, you're going to be fine. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. good to know. You don't even have to seek medical attention? You should. <laughs> okay. So they can give you fluids and monitor you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not. there's never been a recorded death by a okay. uh, healing monster. So you're safe if you get talk, bit by one. But okay. don't be an idiot. But don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's still not going to feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, the venoms, the kind of venom toxin it is, is called a neurotoxin. Yeah. So what those basically do is they'll attack your nerve cells. Right, okay. Yeah. But like I said, it's such a low quantity that they deliver, it's, you're not going to die from it. But it's still going to hurt. Yes, it will hurt. Honestly, that's about as bad as going to get. (laughs) Hurt, and it'll probably not let go of you. (laughs) (laughs) You have to, like, pry it off. I feel like a lot of lizards are that way, actually. Probably, but based on what I was reading, that these guys really will not let you go. They're just like, nope. Yeah. Is that how they kill their prey, then? Do they just, like, latch onto it till it dies from venom, or do they just, like, eat, swallow it? There's probably... That's the weird thing. It's probably does uh, have to do with the venom, considering they're attacking such Something small so prey. so small, yeah. But um, they'll also, just with how they attack their prey, they'll just clamp down onto it and not let go of it. Okay. Um, and so they're very much not like snakes with how they use venom, because snakes, how they use the venom, they'll bite you and stay back and just let the venom kill you. <laughs> Whereas these guys will just clamp on and hold on. And essentially they're just going to suffocate you probably. Or just, you just get, yeah. Well, if you're a little, you're going to get envenomated. Mm. Okay, try again. And another cool adaptation they have is they have their uh, very low metabolic rate. Okay. So um, they, and they also have the ability to store fat both in their body and their tails. Okay, yeah, because they have thick little tails. Yep, and based in with that, um, they don't actually hunt that very often. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they can survive on just four large meals for an entire year. Wow, and what yeah. would we consider large? Like Probably a third of their body weight. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they are a diurnal species, so if... You're in, like, the southwestern United States, Arizona, parts of California. You might see them out during the day. Mm-hmm. Like I said, don't be stupid and decide you're going to pick them up. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, but 
It's also typically earlier in the mornings, and they, they spend the rest of their day in their burrows. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. And if you are dumb enough to try to <laughs> pick one up, it will hiss at you to try to warn you off before it bites you. That's going to be the first thing, okay. <laughs> yep. And good thing about these guys, well, actually it's not that great. <laughs> okay. Is they're near threatened, so they're not endangered yet. But their population is on the decline. One threat, it's not particularly common, but sometimes they're exploited for the pet trade. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're so cool looking. Yes, they are. They're very cool. I mean, actually, there's a lot of really good looking lizards out there, but they're very unique looking kind of, I think. I don't feel like there's many lizards that look kind of like them. Most of the lizards that I can think of are beaded lizards. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's the only one I've ever heard of that Mm -hmm. looks kind of like them. Yeah. But one thing that does these guys in pretty badly is the fear that has been instilled about them because mm-hmm. people will actively kill them over myths they heard about how dangerous healing yeah because i are. thought they were really deadly oh, no. and you needed yeah. to seek medical attention like immediately yeah you should go probably get medical attention but i've known someone that got bit by one no problems at all were they being stupid he's a he has a wildlife uh Film channel on YouTube, oh, okay. and he was getting close in with a GoPro and, oh, and it bit it his thumb. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not jumped, but yeah, <laughs> got his thumb. But yeah. And just to list some of the myths that people have heard and believe, some people have heard that they spit their venom. <laughs> okay. Do not. That they'll leap into air to attack you. <laughs> Imagine that because they're so like stout because yeah. they're so thick. <laughs> Another myth is that they have a stinging tongue. Okay, I don't think anything has a stinging tongue. I mean, there's some biting words out there, but. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one is they have poisonous breath. Okay, that's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, no. uh, but yeah, those are all just wives' tales. None of them are true at all. That's really funny, especially the breath one. That's just hilarious yeah, to I me. I find them all ridiculous. I mean, the singing tongue is pretty great, <laughs> Honestly, too. I find the one most ridiculous leaving in the air to attack you. I just laugh because the like, visual that of that, it. yeah. That, <laughs> it's like the one legs down a little lower, and they're like, Meh. It's basically like a gecko, almost. Like, that's what I see it as, is like that kind of a shape, yeah. like lunging at you in like a gecko-y shape, but thicker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Um, maybe one like fell out of a tree at some, on someone at one point. But their major threat is human encroachment and loss of habitat, which could ultimately lead to loss of genetic diversity in the populations because mm-hmm. they're small. Yeah. Don't move fast. <laughs> so it's very um, not very likely they'll be able to make it across a road or some oh, other no. structures yeah. to get to another population to mate with. Oh, no. That's yeah. why we have to build more of those. Um, oh, gosh. What do they call those? Corridors. Yes. The yeah. nature corridors mm-hmm. so they can get across. Yeah. I remember um, I remember. I used to live in Temecula, mm-hmm. and I did not learn about that they have a corridor for cougars there until I moved well, it's in community college. Is that the underground, like, the pipe one they have? Yeah. Yeah. I have no clue about that. Yep. That's cool. But there's yeah, some, yeah. I think it's, like, Norway or one of those beautiful places that they have, mm-hmm. like, gorgeous ones that are oh, over. Yeah. I'm like, oh, can we do that? 
Mm-hmm. No, we don't do that here in the States. Yeah, we definitely um, need to. Like, like California does it, to a certain degree. To a degree, yeah. yeah. But some interesting things that um, about out the Gila monster is back in 1952, mm-hmm. it became the first venomous animal in North America to get protection. Oh, okay. And then back in 1963, the San Diego Zoo was the first to hatch the reticulate Gila monster subspecies. Oh, okay. Yeah. They are the ones that kind of have a more splotchy pattern. Okay. The other subspecies is the banded Gila mm-hmm. monster, and they have, like, these bands across the body Tends when they're adults. Okay. Yeah. And the zoo actually got an award uh, for um, breeding them. The banded or the other ones? The reticulate. Reticulate. Okay. Reticulate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, yeah, that is what I have to talk about the Gila monster. They're pretty cool. Yes. I like them. Um, I, I just have to say this. There's no segue into it, but I just have to do it because I'm so mean to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally missed an opportunity for another pun earlier, but oh, oh well. Okay, are you ready? No, but go ahead. Are you, are you annoyed with all these animal puns? Try coming up with some yourself. Toucan play at that game. <laughs> man okay so enough with the puns let me pull up my challenge and this one is specifically for you because I couldn't come up where I'm for both of us no oh, okay so I have 10 questions for you oh I don't know why I'm getting my phone ready that's not I don't need to okay all right yes no time limit on each okay I'm pretty sure we'll go faster than expected okay so basically I will give you a group of animals. Okay. And you have to tell me which one does not belong. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need a tally thing. A pencil? Is that what you mean by a tally thing? Yes. Here. Here's a paper and a pencil. Sorry, listeners, for all the noise. <laughs> Do you wing? I'm being weird. Eh, that's you. All right. So for the first group, it's. Okay. Horse, antelope, Camel, dick dick. I feel like it's going to be because Angela's and how many toes they have. Um, I'm going to say the horse is different. That is correct. Because they only have one? Because they are an odd-toed ungulate. Okay. All the other ones are even-toed okay. ungulates. Yay! That's one for you. I got one! Yes. You better get this one. Oh, no. I'll judge you if you it's don't. It's going to be like bruiser. So. Yeah. Next one is... Gray wolf, red wolf, maned wolf, okay. Ethiopian wolf. Maned wolf, because it's yes. not actually a wolf. <laughs> if I didn't pay attention to our own podcast. Yes. This one, I feel like I'm going to trip you on. Okay. At least I hope so. We'll see. So, manatee, okay. hyrax, oh elephant, and hippo. I think, I think I know this. I think it's hippo. You are correct. Yes, because the other ones are kind of actually closely related, yes, right? Manatees, hyraxes, and elephants are all related. So I definitely remember the hyrax and the elephant, which is ridiculous because yeah. it's like a small, like bunny-ish. Kind yeah, of most thing. people think it's like a rodent. It's like nope. Yeah, it's related that to is elephants. so crazy. I don't yeah. understand why, but okay, cool. Yeah. Well, they do have 
little tusks. Oh, that's right. And they also, with how their teeth grow, most teeth grow from roots down underneath. Uh-huh. How they grow is kind of like a conveyor belt. Oh. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Yay, look at me. I'm getting these, man. All right. Next one is Psy Whale. I might actually be pronouncing that wrong. I've so never heard of that. Okay. Pilot Whale. Oh, no. Baird's Beaked Whale. I do not know my whales. Melon-Headed Whale. I have literally no idea, so I'm basically just going to name a whale because I have no clue. I'm going to say the Barrick Beaked Whale. I don't even know what the, if I said that right. That is not correct. Okay. It's a Psy Whale. Why? Because <laughs> that one is a baleen whale. Okay. In a group of whales called Mysticetes. Okay. By the way, that word translates to mustache whale. That's amazing. For the because baleen guy looks like mustache. <laughs> it's basically when the animal dies and dries out, it looks like oh, mustache. Okay, that's sad, but okay. And kind of when you they you see them open your mouth and you can see the palate. Oh. The, it kind of. I guess kind of the way the shape would be okay. Yeah. But and then all the other ones are toothed whales or odontocetes. Oh, okay. Yep. Interesting. On to the next one. Okay. Coral snake, diamondback rattlesnake. Okay. Taipan, king snake. I'm gonna say the king snake because, as far as I know, that's the one that's not venomous. That is correct. Yay! You're doing better than I thought. Thanks. I know things, even though I don't study it. All right. This one I will be impressive. You get. Okay. He, like, doesn't want me to get it. No, I want to okay, shame you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, that's amazing. Hippopotamus. Okay. Bottlenose dolphin. Oh, boy. Blue whale. Pig. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say the blue whale. It's the pig. Because? Because hippos, whales, and dolphins are more closely related to each other okay. than hippos are to other even toed ungulates. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Whales are hippos' closest living relative. Interesting. Yep. Hmm, okay. There you go. You got one. I mean, you, you know, trip me on one. Yes. All right. Now, barracuda. Okay. Sawfish. Chimera. Great white shark. I... I literally don't know, so I'm gonna say Chimera. Nope, it's Barracuda. Okay, because? It's a bony fish, and has, <laughs> its skeleton <laughs> is made of bone. All the other ones are cartilaginous Cartilage. fish. Okay, I never would have gotten that ever. <laughs> okay. All right, now, I think you might be able to get this. Okay. But I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Agouti. Okay. Elephant shrew. Okay. Capybara. Mm hmm And nutria. I don't know what a nutria is. So I'm going to say nutria. Nope. It's the elephant shrew. Okay. All the other ones are rodents. Rodents. I figured it was going to be rodents, but I didn't know. Yeah. I, really? Are shrews not rodents or just shrews the elephant shrews? Shrews are not rodents. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know what's also not a rodent? What? Rabbits. Oh. Yes, they are in a group called lagomorphs. Yes, I have heard that term. Yeah. You know, oh, how, one of the main differences? 
their ears stick? I have literally no idea. No. So their incisors yeah. have a second pair behind them. Oh. Yeah. Unique. Yeah. Okay. Now you know. For all that <laughs> rabbit food they have to eat, they got to have extra incisors. That makes no <laughs> sense. Okay. All right. Now, cougar, tiger, lion, jaguar. Um, I'm trying to remember if jaguars count in that. I think it's a cougar because it's not a big cat. That is correct. Okay. Cougar is the only one in the that cannot roar in that group. Okay, gotcha. Now the last group, I may have not been keeping track. I'll double check. <laughs> I think I've only missed two. I think you've missed more. Did I? It's two or three. I'll go back. Okay. And check. We'll check <laughs> at the end. So the last group, it's. Kestrel, okay. Pygmy Falcon, no, oh, no. Magpie, King Vulture. I don't know much about all my birds. Um, I'm gonna say the magpie. That is correct. Yay! Because all the other ones are raptors. Okay, that's what I, I thought. They were like, because I'm pretty sure kestrels yeah. are like kind of like hawks type. Yeah, things. they're a falcon. Okay, basically. cool. Magpies are. Basically, are in a group of birds called corvids, which includes um, ravens and crows. <laughs> Why couldn't I think of that? And you're like, when, when the simple words won't come to you. All right. So let me double check this. Okay. No, I did count right. You got six. Correct. What? Yeah, I thought we missed three. You missed barracuda. Okay, yes, that's true. You got... The hippo one wrong. Yeah. The whale... Oh, yeah, because I had no idea what any of those were. What hippo? An elephant tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, I got a D. <laughs> I mean, I don't study any of this, so <laughs> for someone walking in off the street, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm not a, totally amazing, but I'm better than you thought I was, so... <laughs> But you signaled, signaled, you singled me out, which means I'm gonna single you out next time. Yes, and if, as long as it's not about dogs, I'm fine. It will probably involve some dogs, <laughs> but I have another category I'm gonna use on you that I don't know your um, your knowledge base yeah. on that. So yeah, that's what you get. All right, well I think that's it for the sixth. <laughs> Apparently, we still can't count. Counting is hard. Um, all right. What's um, your score? Wow. <laughs> wow. That was rude. Um, but yes, we have reached the end of our sixth episode of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And you have a great week. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.